Welcome to a new and feels like weirdly long overdue episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast that is not a radio broadcast. So if you've been following this podcast, you've been hearing a lot of our show that we were doing on live AM radio and then sharing here on the podcast feed. But this is back to our roots. Back to the roots of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'd love to go back to our roots. I feel like we need to play the theme song for Welcome Back, Cotter. Right here. Mm, Welcome Welcome back. back. Your dreams were your ticket Welcome back. Uh, Welcome back to all three of us, Cotters. Uh, Here on the Cigar Snob Podcast, I am with Eric Calvino. What's happening? And Ivan Ocampo. Hello again. Hello again. Ivan has been especially absent since you weren't doing the radio show. Yep. For we reasons, you, man. For reasons I still don't understand. We tried. We begged. I missed you guys. You know, I feel more at it was home a, it was and a more step back comfortable here with the Cigar Snob podcast. But you guys did and a hell of a job. From your you, guys, desk. you guys did a hell of a job. And you guys needed a loyal listener. And it was great oh, hearing yes. you guys on the radio oh, while yeah. you guys were doing the legwork. That's there. the biggest so, lie we've smell a farce. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fart. A farce. A smelly farce. <laughs> Um, all right, so on this episode, we're going to be smoking Laranja Escuro and also talking about some of the things that are coming up in the next issue of Cigar Snob Magazine. It's going to be a little bit abbreviated because uh, one of us has uh, a meeting to get to. But uh, before we do that, a word from show sponsor Drew Estate. Introducing the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, which features a dense, plantation-grown Matafina wrapper over a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf binder with fillers from Nicaragua. Showcasing the floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina tobacco with unique texture, the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro is manufactured at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, blended by Willy Herrera and presented in five Vitolas. It's now available at Drew Estate retailers nationwide. All right, so as I mentioned, we are smoking the Laranja Escuro. Hey, and before we keep going, oh, okay. uh, what what character of uh, of Welcome Back Cotter are you? Oh, I have no idea. Just, you're too young for this, huh? I don't know if it's a matter of that I'm too young, but I'm I'm bad at uh, at at knowing things. At putting yourself in, uh, you know, Freddie Boom Boom Washington or uh, Vinny Barbarino. Vinny Barbarino, right? All right. All right. Never. Never mind. Well, well, which did, ones are you? Work. As long as we're doing this, which ones are the two of you? Oh, I'm Boom Boom for sure. Okay, Ivan. Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a sense of who I would be here? I don't know. You're Cotter. I'm Cotter. Well, <laughs> welcome back to me then. <laughs> so, uh, Vinny Boom Boom. You're the father. Of, you're the father of this podcast. There you're oh the, boy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's huge. Uh, we are smoking the Laranja Escuro in the Robusto Extra BP, which I assume stands for box press. Box press. Box press. And it is a soft box press. It's kind of like in between soft and hard press. I don't so, know. I think it's pretty pretty, pretty square. Pretty yeah, square? Yeah, just not sharp, but square. Yeah, well, not yeah, soft that's... press. So, anyway. Yeah, so... Uh, to me, a soft press has like those rounded walls sure whereas yeah. this has a very vertical wall yep 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 did true. we just get way too geeky on the level of box pressing let's cut the geek stuff out here okay we're done being geeks ivan what do you think we'll let you be a geek for a moment this is hard or soft press <sighs> it's in between mm. but i like it it's very nice this is the this is the type of box press that i prefer it's an because I, I don't like i don't like the sharp box press this is kind of like an in-betweener there it's an ocampo press yeah so this is a five and a half by 56 just to give you a little bit of information about this, it's uh, got the same Nicaraguan binder and filler as the core Laranja Reserva line, 
except that this is covered in a Brazilian Matafina wrapper. So uh, it's a beautiful wrapper, <laughs> by the way. The wrapper is very nice. How are you guys feeling about the cigar now? I mean, we've barely gotten literally into it, but... just just lit it. But I have smoked a bunch of these because we did a photo shoot with one of these. And we did. And we smoked a bunch in the process, and I re- I dig it. That's why I wanted to smoke it on the show today. Right, right. So uh, Ivan, any thoughts here? It's full of flavor. I mean, yeah, I just right lit it, but I, right yeah. out of the gate, I'm getting a bunch of flavor from it. So For sure. Uh, so we'll come back to this when we're a little bit farther along. Uh, but, in, but yeah, I think oh. you do get that little, like, uh, sorry, I just took oh, a yeah. puff. And uh, and you do get that that signature sweetness uh, from a Matafina. Yeah. So you, you get it, and it's that, like, slightly musty sweetness. It's very, very pleasant. Uh, I dig it. And a, and a touch of earthiness, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just what I got right on, right off the light. Yeah, kind of more of like a like a cocoa than a dark chocolate, like the sort of cocoa powdery. Sure. Yeah. Yep. I think that's fair. Um, all right. So uh, we're going to talk about what's coming up in the next issue of the magazine. I don't know. We didn't really settle on what order we'd do this in, but uh, just considering it's what ends up on the cover, let's talk about the shoot. What should people expect from the mm. ladies? <laughs> In this I issue like of the magazine. Something that we could not do <laughs> right. confidently on the radio show. <laughs> well, no one would get it. So, um, Can we say that the issue's theme, we have a, Mexi- a very Mexican... Yeah, uh, for sure. That's, that's right. Uh, ...inspired uh, issue coming up here. Yeah. So we have Drew Estate on board, uh, our show sponsor here, uh, supporting our, our fashion shoot coming up. So we do have a... I don't know if we want to discuss divulge all the uh, details but i mean we have a very mexican inspired shoot coming up with some beautiful ladies <laughs> like yours, yeah, this is a little a little more sing-songy sort of operatic <laughs> yeah 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 but uh yeah no and the, the shoot is it's uh setting up to be pretty pretty amazing i can't wait for it and pretty different i think very very different it's gonna right. be a, a big departure from what we've done yeah so past. maybe when, when you say mexican people are thinking you know Girls in sombreros, mm-hmm. uh, but no, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know where we're going with this. There's we always said plan different. B. There's always plan B. <laughs> uh, so okay, so there's that, and then other you know, Mexican like the three amigos. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, wearing serapes. Yes, and what have you. Uh, so other Mexicanness that will be in this issue. There's going to be some uh, mezcal. Oh yeah, lots of mezcal. Five so t- to try mezcal. Tell us about the about the five to try mezcal. So, and and just to be clear, I think part of what's interesting and kind of fun about this is that I don't think any of us are like. There's some people out there now the mezcal that are like the mezcal craze is like feels like the beginning of the bourbon craze. Yeah, well, and and, and Joey down here, Joey yeah. Reichenbach from Drew Estate, right, is at the you know spearhead of this. Right, but I don't think that any of us have quite gotten sucked into that, which kind of makes it fun because it's a little bit. There's a, yeah, there's a little discovery. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and I've been into tequila for a while, but not mezcal so much. Uh, and just because I just didn't know enough about it. So I've been digging in deep, uh, talking to Joey a lot, uh, getting his recommendations. And, and thankfully, we've, uh, we've got a Sherpa here to help us uh, get through that with, uh, with Total Wine and Spirits. And their, uh, their guy, Pablo, uh, who's... Who helps us out with all these five to tries? So, so with his help, uh, I think we're going to put together a pretty sweet piece. We've got a nice range of affordable mezcals and very high end mezcals 
the interesting thing about it, you, tell me if you agree with this, Ivan, but you almost can't tell, in, in most cases, you can't tell which is the high-end one and which is the the private label one and which is the cheap one. And Well, you, we haven't had any shitty one yet. No, but I mean, when you're looking at the bottles. Oh, okay. Like when, pack, when we were doing. From a packaging standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. So when when we were doing our initial exploration of the shelves of Total Wine without a Sherpa, uh, Pablo wasn't in that day. Uh, Ivan and I just went like, okay, well, let's let's start off by at least drinking a mezcal and just tasting it and see what we think about it. And we just went through the shelves and tried to figure out, okay, what's a good one that isn't, you know, the highest level one, but isn't a low one and uh, but is like a family brand one. We were trying to get a family brand one going. And and I think we did a pretty decent job, but you couldn't tell. Like you look at the packaging, it looks like it was a handwritten design by a, a child. I know I probably insulted some person <laughs> in Jalisco or Michoacan or yeah. wherever that one is made, but but it does. It looks like a childlike drawing. It yeah. doesn't really look all that great, but we chose it, drank it, and it was nice. It's like you call it smoky, which I think was spot on. Uh, hang on a second, what is it called? It doesn't even sound particularly Mexican, but it's Yubal, Y-U-U-B-A-A-L, Reposado. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's Mezcal Artesanal. It's freaking excellent. Yeah. I don't even think that one's going to be in the piece. No. That was just our choice. and It's half gone. Yeah, yeah. There's (laughs) really not much left of the bottle. So so clearly it was pretty good. So anyway, yeah, that's that's what I got on, on Maguey. This is... Reposado Maguey Espadín, which if you know mezcals, uh, that means something to you. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, you're like, yeah, whatever, dude. So, uh, so yeah, so that'll be a cool thing to have in the magazine. And some of the packaging stuff, I wonder how much of that is maybe even deliberate. Because I think mezcal maybe has so sort of, uh, in people's minds at least here, there's it's something about the like rustic, we didn't go over the top thing kind of works. Yep. At least with the image that American consumers probably have of like the way that mezcal is consumed. Or the something. the other interesting thing is most mezcals, I guess historically back in the day, yeah, all had the worm, and all the bottles that we have, none of them have a worm. Sun's worm, which yeah. is a welcome development in the mezcal, <laughs> at least for this office. Yeah, I don't know how I, excited I, we would have been about the. Worm. I don't know. My cousin Simon, who lived in Mexico for for a number of years, he was in the office here a couple of days ago. And I, I offered this to him, and he's like, hang where's on a second, that's mezcal with no worm? Get, and, get, get uh, that out of here. Get that out of here, yeah. So according to him, you have to try the worm. He's, right. This is a Cuban Cuban guy. Uh, but like I said, he worked in Mexico a number of years. And according to him, and I'm going to try it, maybe I'll even do it on the air one day, I'm going to try the worm. I, I think I had a T-shirt back in high school that said I ate the worm. I'm pretty sure either. Was it a, or, I don't know. Was it a fictitious statement, or did you actually a little have par- it? It was a party during a T-shirt. Drunk party. Yeah, no, but I probably had one too. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So we've got the mezcal thing. We've got the shoot thing that may or may not involve sombreros. <laughs> uh, and then we're also going to do a uh, travel story in Mexico City. That is correct, sir. Which will be cool. So that uh, Andy and I will be going to Mexico City. This will be the second time that Andy goes abroad. Crosses borders. Andy International. The international Andy makes an appearance. Um, so that'll be that'll be exciting. Uh, and I think Andy has friends in, in Mexico City. Low places. So it also, well, actually, Mexico City is kind of a low place because I just spoke to a friend of mine who went on vacation there. And she was telling me that the city is sinking. 
which is cool. But <laughs> it's at a very high altitude, so it's sinking from it's a high way altitude. To go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but, she, but she was saying that there are even like uh, like monuments and stuff where they've had to put extra bricks and like lay even more steps so that it doesn't feel like you're taking a dip before you're getting to a thing. So when I dip, you dip, ooh, we dip. Exactly. So we're going to go put our hands on Mexico's hips. Yep. <laughs> and then when it dips, we'll dip and we dip. Um, so that'll be cool. Uh, it, it'll be my first time being in Mexico City for more than just like a like long layover. layover. Yeah. yeah. I had been there for a long enough layover to like have lunch or dinner. Um, well, but, your dad, your dad uh, has done a lot of work there, He's right? there all the time. Yeah. And I got a bunch of tips from him, a lot of recommendations. Apparently there is uh, – and I won't name the restaurant here because uh, – uh, I mean, I'm probably saying enough to whatever. The Mexican authorities are not listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> apparently, there's there is a Maltese restaurant that, according to my dad, uh, is zoned is in a place where it's too close to all the things that you're not supposed to serve alcohol near. But the owner show like kind of goes around occasionally offering people te maltes, and it's just a pitcher of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Maltese, so, dr. Yeah. So uh, so that'll be cool. And then, um, what else did we say we were going to talk about? love all that quirky stuff. I love the quirky. Yeah, I love the quirky. Although, I mean, there's so you, much. You'd rather go there than a. The million museums yeah. and the, the parks and the castles. Or also, a proper restaurant that serves you restaurant. wine because they can. But there's also tons <laughs> of that. Also, however, I do, uh, apparently, apparently, I have a uh, uh, an ancestor. A cousin. And you have family everywhere, Nick. No, you no, can, no. no this it. is a dead person. This oh. is a, an ancestor who at one point lived in a Mexican castle. I don't know Mexicans had castles. This was like in the days of the of the colonies. Uh, okay. So she was like, uh, I think my dad described her as a lady-in-waiting. Mm. Dilly-dilly. Of some sort. <laughs> dilly-dilly. <laughs> or something, I don't know. So, some, some, something like that. Like she was like kind of, I assume, just waiting for people to die so that she could have a better room in the castle. Um so maybe I'll go to my family's castle and cool. take a picture in the castle. Um, so anyway, uh, there will be that. And lady then in waiting. Something I, like that. I love I'm pretty sure that's the phrase he used. An aunt who was a lady in yeah. waiting. So, uh, and then finally, um, not finally, but the last thing we'll talk about here is the perfect pairing. So we'll have one perfect pairing that's with uh, uh, Mescal, I believe. Right? No, no. We're going to have the five to try, which is, which is Mescal. So it's a whole editorial two, oh, that will have one pairing each. It, so okay. five and pairings. And are we doing two pairings? No, then okay. one perfect so, pairing. So the one perfect pairing, and that'll be a cocktail. And we worked with uh, Andy Cruzati, who is um, the – she runs the bar at uh, – at, uh, The corner. At the corner, I'm sorry. Yes, at the corner, which I should know because I've been there so many times. 7,000 times. So runs the bar at the corner, which has a, a connection to our friend Carluba, who you know well if you've been listening to The Draw. Um, corners in downtown Miami. The corners in downtown Across Miami. Across the street from 11. Across the street from eleven, they get the, all the spillover of people. It goes who are, to eleven. Yeah, it goes to, it goes to eleven, and then when people are hitting twelve, they get kicked out and they go to the corner. They go to the corner. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but the corner has an excellent cocktail program, and Andy does pretty impressive things. If you're ever in Miami, highly recommend going to the corner and trying whatever their cocktail of the week is. It's going to be something that you haven't had before, and it's always pretty cool. In this case, I'm not going to give away the whole thing. Number one, because I don't remember all the ingredients, but number two, because Shame on then you. why would you read the magazine? Uh, but the cool thing, and the Mexico, one of the many Mexico connections with this cocktail, is that the syrup that's used to sweeten the cocktail is made uh, by reducing Mexican Coca-Cola, which is made with real sugar, and so you can reduce it to a syrup, and that's what sweetens it. Uh, and so, yeah, if you're interested in that, it's uh, it's something that will require a step or two more than you know than your typical, typical at-home cocktail. cocktail yeah. But it's also perfectly doable. You, if as long as you can get your hands on Mexican Coke and a saucepan. 
you're going to reduce it and use that to sweeten your drinks, which is pretty cool. Especially for me, because I never drink things that taste like Coca-Cola because of the bubbles. You're anti-bubble. I'm anti-bubble. And this was the first time that I had something that tasted like Coke, and I was like, this is what I wish Coca-Cola was all the time. This is what people have been screaming about. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, that'll hey, be Hey, where cool. are you guys at with uh, with the cigar after a little bit? Like, uh, I know it's not a lot, but... Ivan? Ivanovsky? Uh, definitely has a good amount of pepper, um, but it's also balanced out by some uh, some creaminess and maybe some hints of, like, peanut and wood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think there's definitely some, some, like, roasted nut there. And the pepper that you speak of, I think is more of a, like a deep pepper. It's not a sharp pepper. It's like rounded edges. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not sharp, which is nice. Uh, and yeah, the cocoa has kind of cranked up a bit for me. So the cocoa and the roasted nut, uh, even a, a touch of espresso as well. And I'm not saying that because we've had a lot of, cause I haven't had a lot of coffee today, but I can definitely taste the coffee in this. So uh, really nice, well balanced blend. I uh, I dig it. This this goes uh, this goes directly into competition for me when it comes to Espinosa. I don't know about you guys, but it competes as as my favorite Espinosa, which up to now has been uh, the six hundred one blue. The six hundred one blue for me has always been the best Espinosa product, or my f- not not the best, uh, my favorite Espinosa product, and this one competes with it for me. I really yeah. dig it. I don't know. What about um, you guys? I, I I agree with you. I love the six hundred one blue. I also like the um, Musielo. Yeah, but it, it's had uh, you know different releases. I think mm-hmm. uh, so. I remember. I don't know well, which no, we one of the like, love the Musielo last year. Yeah, yeah. We, we rated it highly. Uh, and I think yeah, this one's up there with those those two. Good stuff. So uh, again, this is an abbreviated show. What about so, you? You oh. haven't said what you think about this. No, I I think it's what's great. wrong I, with you, Nicholas? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I was thinking about the timing here. But I appreciate uh, it. yeah, it's it's all the same. I agree completely about the nut. Like the nut has gotten more pronounced. I, I also pick up a little more leather than I did on first lighting it, um, and so it, it is kind of moving more and more into the wheelhouse. But of that's because of that, that bondage like. thing you were doing this weekend. Yes, so it's probably got you thinking about that. Still got me thinking about the nuts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yes, all that stuff, and it it feels like it's moving more and more into the wheelhouse of cigars that I personally prefer. Um, I think I still go six hundred one blue, but I yeah. agree this is. Like yeah. a very close... Fast forwards up there into that yeah, category. For sure, for sure. Um, so anyway, all right. So we're going to do our live read now, which we haven't done in a while. But I've been mm-hmm. doing live reads for other things. You and have. So I feel like I have some practice here. Um, this is a message from show sponsor, El Galang Cigars. El, there you go. I forgot all about that. El Galang Cigars, the company behind its core line, El Galang, Doña Nieves, and extensions of both brings you... Vegas del Purial. Vegas del Purial is an homage to El Galang founder Felix Mesa's paternal grandparents, Felipe and Caridad Mesa, who grew tobacco in the Cuban province of Las Villas, also an homage to their farm. The cigar is made at El Galang's Esteli factory and features an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan fillers, and a new hybrid tobacco called FFMC96 for the binder. It's available in four Vitolas, a 5x50 Robusto, a 5.5x52 Bellicoso, a 7x38 Lancero, and a 6 and 3 quarters by 52 Super Toro. Super Toro. The cigars will range in price from eight they do range in price from $8.90 to $10 each. Go get yourself some El Galang cigars. Find them on social media at 
El Galang Cigars or elgalangcigars.com. El Galang Cigars. El Galang Cigars. El Galang Cigars. El Galang Cigars. All right. So, uh, do we have anything else coming up in this issue that we wanted to touch on? Oh, Mike Herklotz, you're going up to uh, right. New York City. I will be in New York City. Um, we're recording this on Friday the 2nd, and I will be up there on Tuesday. Uh, so in in the morning, back at night to talk with Mike, and we'll have a, a profile of Mike in this coming issue to sort of mark his 20th year in the biz, which is uh, in the business, or not just in that, Sherman, in the business. He's Correct, 20 in the cigar years business. in cigars. There it Whoa. is. Whoa, the return of the horn. Episode one back. Boom. Man. You get the horn. Super into this. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Always cool spending time at the at the townhouse. And um, I don't know how exactly this will play out, but every time that we have followed Mike to a restaurant, it's been a good time. So hopefully I'm there at a meal time for this interview, and that'll also be good. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that and, and looking forward to seeing everybody over there. Um Depending on how much spare time we have to work with, I, I've been—I've uh, already put them in touch, but maybe we'll work a, a little Nat Sherman and Jojo TT tasting up mm. there if there's if there's time to spare. Uh, so anyway, we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, separate and apart from the magazine, uh, we have an important update on my health. Oh yes, um, I. Don't have a lot of time left, and that is because I bought an electric skateboard. It shipped to my house, and I am riding it, and it is terrifying for everybody involved. Yeah. Everybody who's even aware of it. Yeah, um, especially me. <laughs> especially you. Yeah, I'm thinking, uh, like I said, I've been putting out feelers to see if there's any uh, writers out there, senior editors, that, that we can we can have in a pinch, because right. uh, I, I am concerned for Nick's well-being. So what I bought is a boosted board stealth, uh, and this thing supposedly tops out at about 24 miles an hour. Okay, I didn't know it was the, the model was stealth. It's called stealth, and there's nothing stealthy there's about nothing me on a skateboard. nothing stealthy about your big ass on a skateboard. <laughs> there's nothing stealthy about any of this whole situation. Uh, I got, a, I got a, some, some interesting messages about my, my first voyage, my maiden voyage on this thing, to go and deposit a check at the bank a few blocks away from my house. Um, and it was a mix of please document this so that we can laugh at your demise. And most interestingly, a very, uh, flashy helmet recommendation from Starkey over at Cigar Marketplace. So, uh, I'll make that my parting recommendation, even though I have no intention of buying this helmet. All right. So that's, that's your recommend. What is it called again? No, I'll I'll come back to it later. I'm going to give myself, I'm going to buy myself some time. But, uh, Ivan, I'd like you to weigh in here because you asked me for a favor, to make sure that I, no matter what you tell me, you are never, I'm never to allow you on this thing. Right. So what is the thinking there? Because it sounds like you really want to and you really don't want to. It's something that interests me and I would always want to strap a board. A motorized board. A motorized board to my feet to propel me, you know, at high speeds. But I know it'd be a bad idea. It'd be a horrible idea for you. Uh, but yeah, the the concept of a of a board moving at twenty five miles sounds an hour, cool. Sounds cool as shit. Yeah, without you having to kick, it's right. pretty awesome. Yeah, in fact, I think kicking doesn't really work all that well because the belts sort of slow down your coasting. But it is a it is a belt driven thing. I've only used it because I have not had my helmet arrive, and this all assumes that the helmet that is supposed to arrive today fits on my giant head. Noggin. Yeah, I got the extra large, but I don't know how many 
downhill. This is a downhill uh, mountain biking helmet. If it doesn't fit on your head, you can use it as a cup. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice of you to say, Ivan. <laughs> I don't know what he knows, but I don't, know. I don't I'll know leave you two to that. You are sorely misinformed. <laughs> I'm gonna head to my meeting now. And uh-huh. I'll leave you guys uh, alone with that. So, anyway, so so we'll leave the uh, the that topic, um, and then what else do we want to get into? What else do we have going on before we do our last break and parting wrecks? No, I think I mean my, the other thing we have going on is uh, is my parting recommendation. You got anything else you want to throw in here, Robert? Anything's going on in the world that you want to get off your chest or discuss? Well. Um... I, I would tell everybody to tune in because we'll be, I guess, releasing some information about the Lechon Challenge, which should oh. be coming up soon. Uh, still, the dates haven't been determined yet. but Date and venue are forthcoming. Right. But that's something to, yep, to look yep. out for. Good stuff. Okay. So uh, we're going to cut to a word from Drew Estate and then come back with our parting recommendations. Introducing the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, which features a dense plantation-grown Magafina wrapper over a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf binder with fillers from Nicaragua. Showcasing the floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina tobacco with unique texture, the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro is manufactured at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, blended by Willy Herrera and presented in five Vitolas. It's now available at Drew Estate retailers nationwide. All right, so as always, we're going to end our uh, editor's roundtable with our parting recommendations. I'm going to lead, just because we had just been talking about it, with mine, it is a product that I do not own. I have no intention of owning, but I recommend you at least take a look because if you're the sort of person who could pull this thing off, pretty cool. But I'm God not. The, I'm not the guy who can pull this thing off. It is a recommendation that I got from Starkey over at Cigar Marketplace, and it is the Ruroc. That's R U R O C, R G One D X, and it is a very daft. It's like if Daft Punk and Stormtrooper yeah. had a baby, that's the helmet they would wear. It's a snowboarding helmet. It looks super well made, if not for the fact that it just is too much. Like, I, I'm already going to look like an asshole with this downhill mountain biking helmet on. Uh, and weirdo. Total weirdo. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, you're not a small guy. No. No. And then you're on this boost, and you're not a young guy. I mean, right. uh, you are young in comparison to me, but uh, but you're not young. And, and uh, yeah, not a small guy, not a young guy, not a skater-looking guy. And yet you're on this board with a downhill Daft cycling punk. Daft Punk helmet. So I look forward to wearing this helmet and being on this board in my Belen Jesuit sixth grade mini Olympics T-shirt. Yep, that's going to be awesome. and chancletas. And ch- oh ch- no, Sandra. I'm not. I'm not ballsy enough to wear chancletas on this thing. Not yet. No, uh, not yet. I don't know, man. How about a cape? <laughs> cape would be oh, great. Cape is cape good. Would be Can awesome. we get like a custom cigar snob cape? I'll just Done. cut a T-shirt. I'll cut a T-shirt and put it. I'll tie it to my. <laughs> no. No, I've got the lady that makes our... We have a cape lady? Yeah, yeah, the lady that makes our uh, uh, tablecloths, our branded tablecloths. Okay. I can just buy a cape and have her print on it. Nice. All right. So all that is coming up soon somewhere. We'll put that someplace. Mm -hmm. Ivan, got any parting rec? I don't, um, but I would tell everybody, what's your Instagram handle? Follow you, uh, because this is going to be entertaining for everybody. He, if he busts his ass, he's probably yeah. going to have it videotaped. So oh, for it'll, sure. It'll yeah, be I'll, on I'll, there I'll for be, sure. I'll be like somewhere bleeding out as I post it. Yeah. Well, uh, so I, I, what I told him was to, to look maybe a little less like an asshole or a weirdo. Put a, uh, a GoPro 
mount a GoPro on top of the helmet, and that way you kind of have a reason right. for the helmet. Then when people see you on the street, it's not like, look at this weirdo wearing this downhill cycling helmet. True. Uh, it's like, oh, he's recording what he's doing. Okay. Everything, like nowadays, everything is better if you're recording it. It's okay. It's okay that you look like a weirdo walking through the airport holding out a gorilla pod with a fuzzy mic and you're talking into it. Normally, you'd be like, what is this guy talking uh, to himself? What is wrong with him? Yeah. But nowadays, it's normal. Nowadays. Sort, sort of normal. Mm-hmm. So anyway, put a GoPro on it and uh, and that way we can see all of your adventures. There you he go. He was already talking to me about putting like Bluetooth-like uh, speakers in the... In the helmet, so he can like listen to music, answer phone calls. Well, because I'm talking about yeah, he needs more distractions. Yeah, he needs more distractions. Sounded like a heavy helmet after putting all this this camera gear. I mean, I'm talking about eventually when I feel comfortable with this commuting on this thing, and that's like nine miles. So you know, you may I may need to answer a phone call. Yeah, you never know. We'll see. We'll see. All these updates will be forthcoming on the podcast, Uh, Eric. Parting recommendation? Uh, my parting recommendation is to hit the newly revamped Cigar Snob website. <laughs> Boom. So our, our buddy Gianni has been working on this uh, quite a bit. And we're pretty psyched about it. So check it out. It's CigarSnob.com. And, uh, yeah, it's got a, a bunch of imagery, a bunch of updates. And, and we'll be making a, a bunch of changes to it in the next, uh, in the coming weeks. But right now, it's in, a, it's in a good state, and I think you'll dig it. So cool. check it out, CigarSnob.com. Cool. Good stuff. All right. So with that, we are wrapping up our abbreviated episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast, but we're going to be doing a whole bunch more of these. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast all over the place, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, um, Spotify, and I forget where else, but I mean, if you're on one that is not any of those things, you're you're a different kind of weirdo. Go, yeah. go buy yourself a Rurug helmet. Um, yeah. And then uh, you can send us feedback at feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. Uh, follow us on social media at cigarsnobmag all over the place. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, go subscribe to Cigar Snob Magazine. We haven't plugged that in a while. Uh, so you can go to cigarsnob.com and find your subscription there. It's 18 bucks for the year, six yep. issues. Um, and uh, stay tuned because, as Ivan mentioned, there are uh, announcements forthcoming that even if you're not in Miami – uh, well, maybe we should retweet the sizzle reel from last year so people can get it. Like, when you see the sizzle reel, when you see the video of what this looked like last year, you'll realize, like, oh, this is worth building a little weekend trip to Miami around Heck this yeah. event. So, uh, all right, all that and more coming up over the next forever. <laughs> all right. Well, Goodbye. thanks, guys. Thanks.